sorry about that. That was an interesting switch from, you know, I had a little guy on my um, lap and the kids are screaming. So, <laughs> Well, hello, everybody. How's everyone doing? As you can see, everyone welcome Mrs. Nitro. This is her first time on screen. Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How are you doing, Mrs. Nitro? How's your morning going? It's going pretty well. Nothing much but getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's That's... downstairs watching Blaze. There you go. That's yeah. the car one, right? Like the mountain yes, truck. The monster, the monster, monster truck, trucks. yeah. Yes. That's his obsession. Oh. Besides dinosaurs. There you go. Nice. The kids are just running crazy. They were downstairs watching Pokemon, and then they decided <sighs> to come upstairs and... Cal there, I just um, had to change his clothes for the third time already this morning. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're burning right through these clothes. So. Well, oh. it's so nice to be able to have a conversation with you and our kids not asking us for something. I know, right? That's why I'm like, okay, Cross, there you go. <laughs> you're free. We'll have so, no interruptions see you later. during yes. this talk. <laughs> Oh, hello, kind of yeah. smallish. Good morning to you, too. How are you doing? Pokemon rules. Yes, that is very true. And our oldest son, who were, um, who has autism, he loves Pokemon now. And so he wants to label them all. He wants to collect all the cards. He wants to get all the figurines. And he just keeps labeling them because he loves to label things. And I'm like, oh, dude, you got like, I think it's like 800 Pokemon to memorize. <laughs> So keep him busy for a while. Yeah. Uh, that came out when we were, what, in elementary school? Yeah. And I actually saw the first Pokemon movie in theaters. Oh, wow. Like that, I guess was released in the U.S. I don't know if there was more released somewhere else, but it was a pretty big deal back in the day. Yeah. Well, that's it. I remember the cars getting banned at my school. Because, no. um, yeah, because the boys kept playing with them. And there was fights Aww. over them and stuff. And so they had to get banned. The boys weren't allowed to play with them. <laughs> That's all I remember for when it first came out. But Aww. apparently Cross was a huge fan. And so he's been helping our son, like, collect the cards. And and he's just super excited to finally share something. Yeah, I collected Matthew. the cards, but I had no idea what to do with them. I, I, would, I was clueless. <laughs> I know. He'll come up to me and goes, what's this one? I'm like, you gotta go ask daddy. I'm sorry. I, I have no clue what that one is. <laughs> Just me, D. Hello, friend. How are you? Oh, so good to see Aww. you, D. Hello, darling. Okay, so D has been my partner in crime during the Nancy Drew games because... Ooh. Uh, I've been playing them on Monday night, and it's just been, uh, like, this judge is completely incompetent, and he's supposed to be, like, presiding over, like, this case, and Dee and I already have a plan to, like, just, we'll, we'll solve it, but we don't need that judge. Dee's gonna be the judge, so. <laughs> Very cool. Let's see. Doing all right. Locke and I were up later than expected. Streaming last night. Looking forward to all shenanigans on the high seas. Yes, kind of small. So that is going to come up later today. I know Crosses went through the rundown, but Mrs. Nitro and I are going to be pirates later today. 
It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. We have no idea what we're doing. I've already planned. I'm going to change Cross's, like, you know, outfit and stuff. I told him I'm going to oh. <laughs> make him look completely ridiculous. You've had to teach me how to do that. I, I don't know what I'm doing either. I, I just, I want to plan. I want to put him in a dress or something. I don't know. I'll figure oh. <laughs> something out. <laughs> do his makeup. Because I guess you can't. Oh, my goodness. I guess because once you have the gender, like, picked out, like, there's only certain things that have to stay the same. But you could change the clothes, you could put makeup on. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah. This would be my first time gaming on a PC. Oh, so that's right. Be a lot of technical issues. <laughs> just saying. Just go on without me. Like, just never let go, but let go at the same time. <laughs> it's all right. No man down, Mrs. Nitro. Don't worry. We'll, we'll make we'll sure you stay you with us. We'll have you on the life raft, and I'll be floating down to the... Will you just, like, pull you, like... Was it, like, pull you behind us, like, in a life raft? Just come along with us. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll just keep you in tow. Don't worry. Yeah. D, partner in crime, more like partner in solving crime. That is true, D. That is more like it. It is, yeah, a partner in solving crime. Yeah, D, this is Mrs. Nitro. Yes. Thank you. Yes, so this is uh, Mrs. Nitro. So this is my partner in crime when we, like, talk and stuff or when our husbands decide to, like, you know, go hang out or have mandates or something. Yes. This is the other side where we either watch the kids and try to talk, like, every two or three words we might get something in there, or we actually go out for breakfast when our kids are in school and stuff. So, yep. And then we all did an escape room not that long ago, too. Oh my goodness, that was the most fun. Yeah. Like, uh, and apparently I didn't know, they have online escape rooms. How does that even work? People can like stream in, and I have no idea, but um, apparently we have some friends who enjoy that with with their people. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like awesome, hmm. but real live escape rooms there's nothing like it exactly it's just so much fun oh thank you d hey if you need to go off and just get some sleep we won't judge all right um we're just going to talk about we're going to get into tomb raider um the comics um and i'm going to kind of go through a little synopsis of that real quick but d you don't want to miss later when uh, mrs nitro and i are pirates we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch. <laughs> we're gonna play Sea of Thieves, and it's gonna be fun. Filling off my fantasies. Oh, <laughs> D. <laughs> All right. Well, honey, you stay in for as long as you want. If you have to sleep, don't worry about it. But I'm so glad you're just hyped as we are, because we are so excited for today. It's gonna be so much fun. We are very excited. All right. So. The first thing that we are going to do is we're going to go through, we're, we get to do an indie comic book club, which I thought was just a brilliant idea, because, yes. um, you know, I know Cross and Nitro do their indie comic book clubs, and I've read a few comics, um, but I'm more of a book nerd, so I'll usually pick up a book quicker than I will a comic, but one of the comics that I have gotten into is Tomb Raider. Um, now, I personally have been a Tomb Raider fan since, like, the PS1 games, um, 
when I'm gonna say this as nicely as I can when the <laughs> body proportion was more for male fantasy and I don't know if you guys remember the original Tomb Raider but there's no way she could probably actively Tomb Raid without like falling over I mean the proportions were just no <laughs> yeah yeah I remember the commercials yeah yeah you just look at that you're like what but the cool thing about this is I think and even the creators they originally were just appealing to guys and it was like a female Indiana Jones-esque kind of thing but what happened um was the female gamers started getting into it and when they start really liking Tomb Raider because there's a strong feminine character um you can see as it progressed like the character kind of changed a bit to represent a lot of the female gamers which I think is just really cool and to like now with the reboot it's definitely way different than the original um Tomb Raider and now uh, Mrs. Cross, you've never played Tomb Raider, right? So th I think she went into this comic completely blind, except for one movie. Is that correct? Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I got thrown off because I heard Mrs. Cross, and I was like, Oh wait, oh, sorry, Mrs. Me. Nitro. <laughs> um, yeah, I look at the names, right? <laughs> I've seen the most recent movie, and I don't remember a lot of it, so, um. Tomb Raider has never really been on my radar, but I love graphic novels. Mm -hmm. um, the few that I've read, I really, really love so far. So. Yeah, because I think you've read more graphic novels than I have. Which, I don't know if that's saying much. <laughs> I've, I've read a few. I've read a few, but... Um, and a few people know that I'm trying to write a comic book, so mm -hmm. I'm reading them a lot for just education on my part, but my personal favorite so far has been Lock and Key. Mm -hmm. I just think that that is one of the most thought-out, well-written stories, not even just graphic novels, but stories mm -hmm. that I've read in a while, so... I thought that one was pretty brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, so originally before the reboot, um, like, so the story was very basic too. Um, the original Tomb Raider, all you really got was her father was an archaeologist, he was super rich, he dies, and she inherits, and so she has like this huge amount of money, so she can go anywhere, she can get anything, so it's kind of like Batman in the fact that, you know, like money's no option, um, it, she can, yeah, just do anything, go anywhere, get any gadget that she wanted, um, and she would just raid tombs, that was legitimately, and like just find artifacts, that was, the game. As you played some of the games, especially when they went to PlayStation 2, and I think there's still there was one Game Boy Advance game, which was completely random. As it kind of progresses, you get a little bit of the story, like she tries to find who her mom was, um, tries to bring her dad back from the dead, um, 
a lot of different kind of elements kind of came up and they even did um like it was weird so they did like a soft reboot where they tried to make Tomb Raider not so strong I think it was Angel of Darkness um it was a PlayStation 2 game um I think it was either PlayStation 2 or Xbox. I remember there was like a conversion too. I can't remember, but she was super weak. She couldn't jump. You had to get her stamina. And I remember looking like, okay, this is just nonsense. All right, she's Tomb Raider. I shouldn't have to build up her stamina. And she goes, oh, I can't jump. And I'm like, you're Tomb Raider. All the way up to this point, you, what? Um, and then there was... I think it was PlayStation 2. They um, they try to do another reboot and try to start a brand new like storyline where she tries to find her mom and like it, but it didn't really work out. And so there was a few years where we didn't get like any Tomb Raider at all. But we got movies. We got the Angelina Jolie movie. Um, both of those movies. Where fun fact, that's the first time I ever saw Gerard Butler and fall in love with a Scottish accent. And look where it got me. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I was like, ooh, that's a nice accent. You know, it's a beautiful thing about movies because that actually is why my brother-in-law fell in love with Asians. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it was the Karate Kid. The It was the one where he went to Japan. Oh. They were in Okinawa. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what sparked his his love for Asians. Now, that's funny. So... You never know with a movie, <laughs> I guess, <Yeah>. apparently. <laughs> Cinema's a powerful, powerful medium. Very powerful, yep. Because I remember falling in love with that accent, and I was like, oh. And this is like Gerard Butler, like the very beginning. Like, he wasn't a big name, like no 300. He wasn't even very, like, buff like he is now. He was kind of smaller framed. Um, and yeah, I just remember hearing the accent and like, ooh. Um... So we had those movies, and then once again we had like quietness for a while. And then so in 2013 they came out, they did a, I mean, I guess technically it's a soft reboot because, you know, there's Tomb Raider and some of the background is the same, but I kind of see it as a hard reboot because her figure changed, her storyline, like her, her origin story kind of changed a bit. She's still rich and her father passed away. But you suddenly have all these new background things that um, you didn't have before. So you have like this, and we'll get into the synopsis a little bit, but now you have like Trinity, you have people coming after her, you have her as an archaeologist as well. So she studied archaeology and she loves archaeology. Um, she's kind of a loner and the fact that she doesn't have many friends. So I feel like you get more of a solid cohesive story with this reboot so I feel like it's a harder reboot than you know because it wasn't just a gentle okay let's start back at the beginning and do the origin story again no it's almost like yeah you know Tomb Raider but none of the previous information is going to help you with this it's like a brand new kind of Tomb Raider that we get to see and it started off with the game and then our comic what we're going to talk about is legitimately picks up right after the game um, which I've played the game and I was wondering if you guys would want me to play the game because Cross and I were talking about it 
And I'm like, actually, that would be fun to play again. I played the, I played the three new ones. Um, it's Tomb Raider, um, and then it's Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Brilliant games. All of them are just fantastic. Um, and then the comics kind of fell in the gaps a little bit. So that was also an interesting thing that we're going to talk about with Mrs. Nitro is she hasn't played the game. And she's kind of thrown in into this <laughs> comic, which yeah. I didn't even think about. And then I reread it as well. And I'm like, oh my god, goodness. If Mrs. Nitro's never played the game, you know, you're kind of thrown into this yeah, story. It felt like I was in a conversation that I wasn't privy to. <laughs> so I was like, oh, hey guys, I'm in the party now. <laughs> Just trying to learn about this Tomb Raider chick. Exactly. <laughs> and that's even more so because you haven't played the games, you haven't seen the Angelia Jolie movies, but you have seen the reboot movie that happened after that first game came out. Yeah. 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 And that movie, like when I read the synopsis, like you might like remember some because the movie did hint on a lot of what that first game brought out, but the ending... I think that's a whole different discussion. Like, forget the comic book, man. That's a whole different discussion, that movie. <laughs> but you enjoyed it, right? I mean... I like Alicia Vindicar, and mm -hmm. so I love just watching her, honestly. She's just a beautiful actress. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't one that was like, oh, I have to go out and buy this. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't make a huge impression because I don't remember a ton from it, but um, it's it's more than the other the other movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember watching the movie because all the trailers looked like it was going to go right with the game, yeah. and it just kind of veers. And I'm like, there was no reason for that veer. You had a brilliant, amazing awesome story from the game and I don't know if yeah. they just wanted to make a difference or didn't ruin the game for people but I'm like it just kind of veers I was like oh man but anyway so let me go ahead and just I'm gonna kind of bring because I gotta read the plot because I remember the game but like the actual story I don't want to get it wrong and then we'll get into the actual comic book because that was, like like I said, it's right after the game. So if you guys haven't played the game, um, here's just a quick synopsis of the game. And then we'll pick up right where the comic book starts up. Um, so Laura, uh, she sets out on her first expedition aboard the ship Endurance. And so what happens is, is at the beginning of the story, you just literally are on the ship. You want to go to this island of Yamate or Yamatai. And it's right, like, in the Dragon's Triangle, which, for what I'm guessing, is kind of like the Bermuda Triangle. Like, ships get lost there, there's crazy weather, um, and so they're trying to go to this island to find some artifacts. Because once again, you find out that Laura is an archaeologist, so she actually knows about history, she knows about lore, she knows about cultural um, things, and so she wants to find some sort of artifact. What happens though is the crazy weather happens and their ship is completely destroyed and she gets separated from all her friends. Um, 
And then the cool thing about this is the game picks up where she has no weapons. She has nothing. And she's never killed a person. What Like, you know, the story says she's an archaeologist. This is like one of her first adventures out. And she's alone, so she literally has to survive. So the first part of the game, you literally are, like, trying to heal yourself, trying to find a weapon, trying to, like, you know, um, uh, survive, like, wild animals and wolves and things like that. So I thought that was really cool because you're literally seeing how Laura Croft, like, becomes. You know, it's not just this... You're just thrown into this, you know, oh, I'm strong, I'm cool, I I know everything. It's like, no, you have to kind of build it up um and so she goes here and she finds some of the survivors but then she also finds some of her friends did pass away um which once again it's really hard for her because that's never really happened before besides her father you know close people and then you find out that there's a secret like cult on this island that worship the sun queen and what happens is they actually kidnap one of her friends to rebirth the Sun Queen. And so you end up finding the main villain is Matthias. And he is like a priest of the Sun Queen and he's trying to resurrect her. And it's just like this whole cult. And they have weapons, they have, I mean, so it's like a modern cult. They're not like bows and arrows. It's like, no, they have um, weapons, they have uh, like uniforms and things like that and they actually want to come after Laura because she's like no I'm not into this craziness and I'm not going to help you I'm going to go save my friend so that's where like that um like the tension comes from is now she has to fight her way through this really crazy cult to save her friend because now she's already lost friends she doesn't know where her other friends are no she's not going to do this so she ends up finding a weapon and then um building that up and finding like actual guns and learning how to use those and then even through this game she kills her first person and you know that's really emotionally stressing for her and so you go through this game and you actually see how Laura Croft is like built um and then at the end you find out that three of her friends survived so she is able to because you know I, I wish I didn't I, I could say this without like spoiling the ending of the game, but that's where the comic <laughs> kind of picks up. Um, so she ends up uh, saving her friend from Matthias and um, like completely like destroying him in like a very, really cool supernatural like epic moment. She <laughs> destroys him, so he's dead, he's gone. He's, she's able to save her friend. And then she finds her two other friends, Jonah and, um, oh, what's her name? It's even yeah. in the, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they all get off the island. But the interesting thing also about this island is it messed with your brain. So there's like that little bit of element of supernatural to it. Like, was it just a strange cold or is there something going on because the weather kept changing and it was almost like they didn't want people off the island for some reason. And so it was really hard for like Laura and her friends to get off the island even after destroying Matthias. So there's always that little bit of, okay, was there something more to this island or were we just all so traumatized from the experience? 
And so that's where the comic picks up. So they all just finished getting home. They all survived this. But now the, um, and not the actual cult of Matthias, but the, apparently there's a, even like, there's a ranking where the, because uh, it was like the sun cult, but now it's one smaller I guess they worship Matthias, and so they actually come back after Sam, which is um, Laura's best friend, and try to take her away. So that's where the comic, like, starts. So, yeah, so Joy, or <laughs> Mrs. Nitro was just like, um, I feel like I just kind of got into the middle of something, and I don't know yeah. what's going on. <laughs> and, like, I think that's fine, but I feel like I maybe there should be a disclaimer that like even this whole world is mainly built on the games mm -hmm. so I feel like maybe people might miss a little bit if they don't have a background in the games mm -hmm. um, well and I think it's very unique that a comic is so heavily relied on the game as well because usually yeah. either the comic or the like you and I are book nerds so usually it's the book or the written part that comes first and then games and movies come from that this is right. very unique and the game comes first and then comics come after it but then they're also heavily tied in with the game of Tomb Raider and so I and I'm interested to see if more of the comics like because I've played the three games now that have come out if the comics continue to be that way yeah I wonder how popular Tomb Raider is as its own story because I feel like if it were more popular maybe they would have different runs of the comic hmm. instead of just based off the games and do not like fan fiction but more like exploratory realms of different like di just different storylines mm -hmm. um and more like i guess creativity mm -hmm. i don't know and just exploring more about her and like the things that she gets herself into being an archaeologist yeah I mean that's a really really good point too because I mean I was kind of thinking about it it's like it's hard for you to go up to someone who knows Tomb Raider and for them not to know the games you know and now even like the movies like you because you have Angelia Jolie in the Tomb Raider and then you have the reboot movie um, even though it wasn't near as popular and the critics completely destroyed it, which I don't blame them now, um, you either love it or you hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she did look exactly like the chick. Like, I thought yeah. they did that perfect. Well, that's it. I mean, it, it set up, great. like, all the trailers looked like it was going to be just like the game, and I was so yeah. excited. And like I said, they just kind of veered, and you're just like, there was no reason you had a perfect setup for a beautiful story. But they tend yeah. to do that. I mean, that's a whole nother rant for you and I to, like, say, like, when okay. there's a book and a movie. <laughs> yes. How sometimes they just veer, and you're like, it's right there. You have the story right there. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> but, 
But, yeah, so... This story basically comes off where Laura is, um, so she's back home. She's trying to figure out and trying to process the trauma that happened. Um, and she, she's now scared of losing anybody else. And so she's having nightmares of the island, which once again, that is very, I think, you know, acceptable that she has trauma (laughs) and stuff. She kind of went through something crazy. Um, and then especially her friend Sam, you know, because that is her best friend, her closest friend who accepts her and for who she is and is willing to go on these crazy adventures with her. Um, she almost lost her. So now she's like just holding on super tight. She's having these nightmares and that's where you start in this book and you find out that the lower sect, there you go, that was the word I was thinking of, the lower sect of this cult now is coming in to steal her away again, but not to resurrect the Sun Queen, but actually to bring Laura back and trap her because they have to kill Laura to bring back Matthias. And I guess the the thought about that is if they bring back Matthias, then Matthias can bring the Sun Queen back. But this lower sex says they're not even like worthy enough to bring back the Sun Queen herself. They need to bring back Matthias. And so they decide to take away her best friend to and then of course Laura goes to try to get her other friends and then there's this whole supernatural element kind of to it about the different like tokens of there's like four tokens that's going to build a house it is all part of the Sun Queen lore which once again I think after reading this that probably what made it hard for you again Mrs. Nitro is just having this lore with these tokens and just having no clue what just happened. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, are are we allowed to spoil yeah. the, the book? Okay. Yeah. Um, just making sure I don't ruin yeah, it spoilers. Yeah, spoilers if you don't want to read, just mute right now, but I mean, we're doing like a book, re- book comic book report. Book, yeah. Report. <laughs> book report. Review. Yes. And that, so total transparency, um, I, it was hard for me to get through this graphic novel, mm-hmm. and it might be because I didn't have that background, but it's hard for me because I read everything super, like, with a lot of skepticism, mm. and that's probably just a bad thing on my part, but I, I really look for... I don't want to say good or bad writing, but I look for what I like and what I think might be able to improve. Mm-hmm. And overall, it was hard for me to find a reason why I connected with Laura Croft. If I, since it is a volume one, you would think that you would be able to just get in and be able to be immersed in this world and in this story and connect with the characters Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that's really hard with comics and graphic novels is the medium as a writer is so like restricting in the fact that you have to have these connections really quick because you don't have a whole paragraph 
or a whole page or a whole chapter. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't, you're not given that luxury. And so I think as a writer, you have to kind of drop little connecting hints to like their emotions, to what they care about, to like, like with Laura Croft, I felt like she was this, you know how people say I have a shell and I'm hard to crack? Yeah. Um, sometimes it felt like that, even though she was very, I guess I want to say vulnerable mm-hmm. in some aspects because of the trauma that she had been through and... I think that one thing they could have really done that they did not do was when they went back to the island, had her more reluctant. Mm, yeah. Because she already had lost friends before, but I think because of her love for Sam, maybe that completely clouded her, her reluctance and her judgment because mm-hmm. she was so like one track minded to get Sam back. Yeah. I don't know. One, and I wanted to ask you, Jay, is what really draws you into the story and what really makes you love these stories so much in the first place? Mm -hmm. Because, like, I think shining a light on that would really help round out the story for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Part of it is I, I've been always a Tomb Raider fan, even though like when the first game came out, I never even gotten close to beating it. I don't think I beat the first three games just because I was so young. <laughs> hey, you tried, girl. I tried. I I wouldn't have even been able to figure it out. No, I mean, and it's so funny because also with our generation, I think it's really interesting too to come to like. I mean, we literally grew up on, like, the 2D Mario, you know, Nintendo, the cartridges where, you know, you bounce up and where down, blow them, yeah. yeah, like, <laughs> slam it in, you know. And you thought that would work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what the whole bouncing thing was for. What is up with blowing and bouncing it up and down? Like, that's just how you fixed your count. Nintendo, right? <laughs> and then the you... Best, though. It was, and, um even just like a little shout out to Mountain Nerds, uh, Cross and I were listening to the podcast about like all like the Zelda games and I mean, I was even thinking about that and I'm like if you go from like the first Zelda game to like now, it's a change and I think it's the same with Tomb Raider, like even though Tomb Raider was never in the 2D I mean you went from 2D gaming to like the 64 where it was like that first like 3D almost mm-hmm. looking and so you had the 64, and then, oh my gosh, you have a PlayStation. So 64 is more, like, cartoony. But then you have the PlayStation, and you have, like, almost real people. Now, granted, if you look back, they're super blocky, and you're like, oh my gosh. You know, and the camera angles are, like, all crazy, and they make you sick because you're, like, trying to, you know, turn it everywhere. But, you know, even though I never, like, finished the game because it was too hard... It was amazing to go into those worlds. Like, you're in this jungle. There's a dinosaur chasing you, you know? And you're... I just fell in love with the games. And when I was younger, it was cool to see a strong female character instead of 
I mean, I'm a Nintendo fan, so I love Mario, and I love Spyro, which was PlayStation, but you know, Crash Bandicoot, I love more like the cartoony games, but this was the first game that was actually a mature-ish game, that actually had a strong female character, and I was already such an Indiana Jones fan, like the archaeology, going to different cultures, you know, tomb raiding, to have a female character do that, I just, I love that. And I looked up to that, like, that would be such a cool job if I could just, you know, have a million dollars and just go wherever I wanted, yeah. go to any culture, raid tombs, how cool would that be? And so, I, I think, I just fall in love with the characters since I was a wee girl, and then now, like, with the reboot, oh my gosh, I think I just love the fact that she's more real. I love the fact that she's definitely proportionate, yes. <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> like an actual body type and then I also love the fact that with this reboot they don't shy away from the emotion side of it because you know early games here's this tough girl she gets to go do all this stuff but nothing really phases her like the old game she really was a hard shell to crack kind of like what you said you know she was tough she was bold she was sexy in the fact that she was hard to get you know you had to crack that shell you had to be you know keep up with her sort of thing where now yeah she's still tough but even in the comics she starts letting her vulnerabilities come out like no I was always a loner and Sam was the first person to actually put up with my strangeness well what she thinks is strange right that she just loves books she loves archaeology she loves cultures and Sam was a little bit more you know extroverted maybe and she was more introverted, but doesn't shy away from mental health and emotions and which I think also feminism is a great thing. But I think what happens is sometimes though we forget that women are emotional and that's okay. Right. You know, it's okay to have emotions, it's okay to work through them, it's okay to say, Hey, you know, I'm sad or I'm having nightmares or I'm scared. But you can still be tough, and you can still, you know, kind of go through it, but also struggle, too. Yeah. And that's not even just a feminine thing. Like, Mm -hmm. men struggle with that, too. Yeah. But they have testosterone, which helps them regulate their emotions better than us. That's okay. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And I think that's the cool thing, too, is you can see how, like, I guess the growth of Tomb Raider in herself from just being... A fantasy, I guess, in a guy's mind, to actually becoming a role model esque person for women gamers. You know, I just think that's just a really cool transition. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I love Tomb Raider, and I love just how I don't know. I've just always been a fan of her, and then just having this reboot and seeing more like a real life. Like, she had to learn how to survive, because there once upon a time, she had to know how to kill somebody. She had to be strong enough to do it. She has to survive in these terrains when you have nothing, you know? You can't just, oh, okay, I always have my guns with me. It's like, but once upon a time, maybe she didn't have her guns with her. And even, like, in in the games... Um, she does end up getting her iconic two double pistol. Oh, Mrs. Nitro. So 
iconically she has like the two pistols <laughs> like okay next to her i don't know if you like notice that like she always has like the one on each leg no um, but i i loved the pickaxe in the yes in the novel yeah isn't that like that's brutal too i would not want to die by yeah. pickaxe man no nope. oh no mm -hmm. <laughs> it reminds me of the movie i think it was called the descent mm. where the four girls go splunking oh yes oh man that was such a good movie yes but um yeah talk about brutality mm -hmm. oh man but yeah it's just such a great tool especially like it also like you can't be weak and use a tool like that and be like proficient with it right so she really that's just a, a part of her character that backs up that she actually knows what she's doing she's not just out there trying to pretend to be cool mm -hmm. because she's rich and she has all these you know means to her but it like backs up her credibility right in my opinion right that she'll do what she needs to do to survive yeah and i think i like that element too because you can have money and you can have all these things you could buy whatever you want but when you're put in a situation could you still survive? Could you have the means to right. survive? And even just like the strength, like the internal strength to survive a situation like this. Because you're lost on this island, you can't find your friends, you're injured, you need to protect yourself. But would you do what's necessary to protect yourself? And you know, throughout the games and the comic too, um, she eventually does get her iconic pistols. But I think I love this game and these books more because it actually creates that that backstory of Laura Croft. Yeah. You know, and you can see her and you can identify her as a person a little bit more. And I think, you know, when you said that it was hard to identify with her, and I this just popped in my brain, I wonder if that's because when you play a video game, it's so easy to tie with the character because you are them, right? You're right. learning things as they are learning you have to actually be them and then you get mad every time you die because you are them and you <laughs> yeah, yeah you're just like no you know so you connect with them automatically but if you don't have that and then of course like you said a whole different medium you have comics which is hard to completely flesh out because you don't have pages you don't have chapters you don't have right. especially you and i being bookaholics we're used to having chapters and like pages upon pages to build up a character and you could build up over a long amount of time however long you want right and i don't know many books that you have to know a story before going into it mm -hmm. so automatically yeah. you have that build up for the book not saying that there aren't any like that out there but right. ones that come to mind i don't i can't pull out but um yep yeah there was a thought and it just <laughs> fluttered away out of my head don't worry it'll come back it'll come back yeah eventually it will be a butterfly coming back over to my my mind <laughs> and then um but you were talking about when you gameplay as this character you feel like you are you're supposed to just kind of put your personality and your like how you would figure things out and how you would solve these puzzles and mysteries mm -hmm. and so that automatically gives you that 
relatability because it's you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe I need to play one of the games, but I think you should. Now I think it's yeah. a given. You need to. That way you can be just as addicted as I am. Or if you're not, I would love to know why. You know, that's the thing is I'm like, right. maybe you need to experience it so that way we can kind of talk a little bit more. Like, if you don't still connect with her, okay, well, why? You know, because that's it. Tomb Raider isn't everyone's cup of tea, but I always love to hear why then, you know? Maybe because she's, she, I don't know, archaeology. I don't know if that was ever on the top of my mind. <laughs> She's like so intellectual. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Um, but one of the things I really loved about this graphic novel in particular is the artist and how they broke up the panels. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved how they did a lot of them because it was, a, they just showed a great way of the action and um, how like you could tell that they were experienced because it's so hard to be able to like an action movie it's super simple you love it it's already mm-hmm. there you don't have to work hard to right. to display the action you know you just make it happen mm-hmm. but with a novel you really have to like the writer has to in their mind know exactly what the characters are doing they have to know how they get from point A to point B and then they have to work with the artist to make that really translate into something that the audience can easily get through mm-hmm. and not have to think about it. Yeah. And that's a lot harder. I'm not saying it's a lot harder because I've never made a movie, but <laughs> in my mind, I I feel like I would struggle more figuring that out, but they're probably both difficult in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you bring up an interesting point because I think that's where, like, a person who just writes a book or a novelist, they might have to have a good relationship with their editor on what yeah. the author wants to keep, but then the editor kind of says, yes, but... You know, although I don't think there was any editors for like you know Leo Tolstoy or you know Victor Hugo, because if not, how much did they cut out? (laughs) How much did they cut out if they had an editor? I'm like, I feel bad for that editor because they they get you know books like this or you know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but you know, and then I think with comics. It's a real important relationship between the author and an animator or, you know, the artist. Yeah. Because like you said, they have to take what the writer wants and illustrate that into, you know, what looks good for them. But on top of that, then they both have to edit it to make sure it's cohesive enough. You know, because if the artist has a different way, but the writer's like, no, that's not how I envisioned it because of the, you know, I mean there just has to be that really good relationship to make it really cohesive and then I think with movies it's a connection between the directors the producers and the actors the writers yeah the writers and the writers yeah I think that's a bigger team but like you said it's it's a little bit different and you know I think each medium just has 
there has to be that that one or few relationships that really matter that really make it because you can see a movie and you can see like oh man that might have been a directing problem maybe the producers cut things out because you're like what is going on this movie is awful maybe it was the writers you know you you think you're like oh my gosh I think they blame the writers a lot they do (laughs) but you know from watching a ton of like commentaries of movies a lot of the times the script and what actually is like produce can look completely different Mm -hmm. like that's why I love that you can actually go online and read a lot of these movie scripts is because you can see how the original idea turned into something completely different right which is part of the process and it's not a bad thing at Mm -hmm. all but don't always blame the writer yeah I know don't blame the always (laughs) their fault exactly because there's a lot of steps after that you know yeah absolutely and we always feel like we could make something better mm-hmm. but it's like until you actually sit down <laughs> and do and it like yeah learn how to do it it's like mm, maybe maybe they're right yeah it's not as easy as we thought exactly um, and well we always look at hindsight right right yeah we always look like oh well you could have done better because of this and this and this and it's like well yeah but we're looking back on what was actually produced, what actually happened. And then once again, the directors and writers don't always have the final say. Most of the time, it's the producers. You know, and, and sometimes the they... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and what they're willing to put up with. But So, D, I just saw... Sorry, D, I just saw your comment. <laughs> There's also a closeness that comes from overcoming overcoming challenges together that's different to just witnessing a story you might associate with that's very true with gaming you overcome these challenges together and you feel like you're part of that person whereas you know with a movie or book sometimes you're just identifying with that person right you know or just oh yeah I recognize that story or yeah that could be part of my life too or I understand that feeling or that expression but when you play a game you have that closeness because you are overcoming all these things in real time together and so you kind of get that that feeling so that's also a very good point too very good point um, okay so something that I had maybe the wrong perspective on in the, okay. <laughs> in the novel but I wanted to get your perspective is mm-hmm. like I don't know about in the games if they ever address Laura's love life Mm. or if she has a love interest at all but I felt like in the book if they were to go that route that her love interest would definitely be towards Sam yes I felt that way too I really did okay it wasn't just me no (laughs) so in the original games there wasn't it was literally just a woman going and raiding tombs i can't remember in any of the games if there was ever a love interest involved because it was just it was too much she was either running or trying to raid a tomb or being chased by dinosaurs yeah exactly like no (laughs) there's there's no time for that and once again she was more of this hard shell to crack right she's tough she's mighty um 
I mean, if any of in the community remember who played Tomb Raider games, if there was a love interest. But once again, I was so young, I never beat it. So <laughs> who I knows know. if the first three. I just remember the third game, I'd go to our mansion and just do all sorts of shenanigans. Like, you could lock the butler in the freezer and stuff like that. It was... I. <laughs> okay, so in the third game, there's this butler. And he was so annoying because he would just follow you everywhere. And when you try to do an obstacle course and try to beat a time, sometimes he'd get in your way. And you'd be like, Arr! So you actually go into the freezer, he'd follow you, you turn around, and you lock him in the freezer. And then that way you could do the things you needed to without him getting in your way. I know, it's brutal, but that, that that's all I remember from like the third game. <laughs> that butler's a legend, yes. Yes, because I don't, probably the whole world locked him in the freezer at least one or two times. Uh, D, too busy being too strong to need a man in a time when a woman's traditional place was to be rescued by the male hero. That's very true too, especially in video games and even look at like the more um, earlier comics too. You know, you a lot yeah. of the women were saved by the males. And I think that's when Wonder Woman was such a huge deal as well. So you have this strong female character, but she didn't have a guy in her life until I think one of the versions is her and Superman, but that's like still way down the line. For a long time. She didn't have a love interest, but I don't think Tomb Raider did either. I think the first time I even saw anything was the movies with Angelia Jolie. Um, yeah. And I think it's not a bad thing to keep it ambiguous because that just helps with the fantasy, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Is you could look at it either way you want. And that's why I wasn't upset about it at all when I was reading it. I was like, you. You could look at it this way and really enjoy it, the story mm -hmm. of her and Sam together in yeah. your mind. <laughs> yeah. But um, you don't have to look at it that way at all. And and it's really entertaining either way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, it, you know, we have to even go to the men rescuing me. Right. right. You know, you don't have to be rescued to be in love. <laughs> Yeah, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's one of the, like, really cool things, too, about, and not to, you know, pull something out of, like, the air, but, like, I was, I've been really kind of learning more about women in the Bible, because mm -hmm. it, it's been really interesting to me is, like, just women in our stories in general. And a lot of the women in the Bible were actually the ones rescuing the men. Yeah. And it's not what, I guess, oh, there's a lot of just stories where it's the opposite around way around. But in real life, a lot of the times it's the women rescuing the mm -hmm. men. Well, that's it. And I don't know where it came. Okay, this is like a woman right now. Come on, there's women here. We get to take over, right? Alright, woo! You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know where the misconception, but it is in traditional biblical, like, I guess, lens or perspectives that 
women are supposed to forever stay in like this 1940s 1950s traditional way of life and I'm like no like you said in the bible okay we have a woman I mean there's all types of women there are soft spoken women there <laughs> yay D yes, yes. alright <laughs> um, you know there's soft spoken women there are women who are gentle spirited and they're calm and they're and like even like there's even like like the uh hannah you know in the bible you know she was very tender-hearted and soft and like her husband supported her though in praying and but she also went to the temple on her own you know so you have those women yeah comics across that's my next one uh but then you have a woman who literally drives a tent peg through the enemy Alright, like lures him into her tent, makes him fall asleep, and then drives a tent peg through his temple right there. Just Yeah, that that's brutal. Talk about like you the jacks, I know. <laughs> you know, and then you even have Rahab, who went against her whole like town of Jericho, saved these spies' lives, who were men, saved their lives, and she was a prostitute, you know, so it's like you have these strong women and you and they don't need a man but it's not about needing or not needing it's about complimenting each other you know and it's so interesting i don't know where this biblical perspective seen that women needs to be like not strong and has to have a man to survive or has to have that you know hero although men love being the heroes all right i mean yeah, that is definitely you know something, and I think that's why comics and video games things lo- men love being heroes, you know, and I and I love that they like being heroes, but I think society for some reason has then taught women well then you have to be meek and quiet and you know reliant on men because they like to be the heroes. It's like no women, you guys are strong. We are strong, man. We can save each other. We it can. It doesn't have to be one-sided. Exactly. Exactly. Like, we... Man. I mean, how many times in the Bible that women did come through, and they did help, and they did, you know... Like even Esther. have more faith. Yeah, Esther. She saved the whole nation because she had yeah. faith in God, you know? It's like, women, you can step up. You can be strong. And you can, you know... You know, I guess be your own hero. Yeah you know and like if you read the bible properly you see how much that jesus like would talk to women mm-hmm. and treat them the way that they should properly be treated yeah you know and the like god has put so many women in places of power that i don't know how this how, like you said, this idea of we put women in their place and and that's just where they'll stay forever. It's like, no, no, no. God didn't do that. So why are you doing it? Right. Right. Like, I mean, I heard a thing where like, and I I still love this, you know, but I heard a a podcaster, a preacher in California, Lance Hahn, he's awesome, but um, just sticking that in there. But, you know, he (laughs) says, you know, God, you know, when he created Adam and Eve, you know, everything that was masculine about God, he put into man. 
But everything yeah. that is feminine about God, he put into woman. Women's not lesser. Yeah. You know, God, they're still made in the image of God. So that strength is there, that nurturing, that loving. And the cool thing about men and women is there's never two completely separate. Like, we kind of intertwine. Like, some women have more masculine traits and some men have more maybe feminine traits. But it's just still a beautiful blend. You know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -mm. Nope, not at all. And so, you know... I think just to see a character like Tomb Raider just, I mean, getting back to like, you know, the point of, (laughs) after we had that rabbit trail, you you know, I think having this strong female character where she doesn't need to rely on a man, but even looking at like what you said, like the relationship between her and Sam, I'm like, looking how they're building Tomb Raider, that would not surprise me. And I think that would feed along to her character. And who she is. Right. You know? Yeah, and it's not just relying on a man or relying on a woman. It's We do rely on each other. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, because she really did rely on Sam and her, their friendship and the fact that they had gone through this. <laughs> Thanks, Cross. Um, we are. That's right. We're reviewing a comic. LOL. <laughs> Oh yeah, that thing. We always get back to the point. Women, we, we always do. we That's always get back. We it we we make it back eventually. We do. Yeah. We're like spaghetti as some people like to say. Yep. Yeah, what men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything's connected for us. Yep, it'll come back. It'll come back eventually. <laughs> But, oh, good. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cross. <laughs> but I don't think it's a weakness to need to rely on someone. I just want to throw that out there. It's okay to rely on people because mm-hmm. we were created for community. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's it. We, and I think the sad thing about like the pandemic in general was just the fact that. I thought it brought I think it brought out the worst in people. And yeah. I think more than ever we just need to be okay with relying on each other and coming together and accepting one another. You know, cuz diversity really makes things beautiful. You know, I think yeah. that's why I've always loved the cultural anthropology, the archaeology, like that stuff as well. And maybe that's also why I love Tomb Raider so much, because she gets to go to different cultures and I get to learn history. I love history. Um, you know, just ask Cross uh, yesterday when we uh, went to Arlington Cemetery, because we had our first night away from the kids. And, you know, we're walking. Yay. Oh, it was so awesome. It was so nice to have a break. I bet. <laughs> um... And we're going through the cemetery, and of course we're tired. I mean, we did we did not realize how big Arlington Cemetery is, all right? It's huge. Um, and so we did quite a bit of trekking, and so Cross is starting to get tired. I'm starting to get tired. But there's a plaque, and I have to read the plaque because I need to know history. And so he goes, oh my gosh. And I'm like, it's a plaque. I got to read it. And he goes, come on. <laughs> 
And so to the point, he goes, where's the exit? Keep going towards the exit. If you make me walk away from the exit. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, but it's history. I want to see. So he promised that we'll go next time with the car, because apparently you can take your car in. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I guess there's some parts, like, where you can park and stuff. There's tour buses that are allowed in there. Um, we saw a few tour buses, which is odd to see in a cemetery. I, I have to say, that is yeah, weird. I think when, I think when Thomas and I went, we got off at the from the metro mm-hmm. and walked over, if I'm not mistaken, or we might have driven. Um, but I know one time I did go, get off on the metro, and then we just did the tour. Mm-hmm. I think, because yeah, it's. It's huge, and you don't want to get lost. That was my one fear, was just getting lost. Yeah. The nice, like, because we went in through an entrance where there's only, like, two security guards and, like, one, like, metal detector. So we went, like, on the south end of it, like, away from people. So we didn't see anybody for a long time, which was actually really relaxing and really cool. Oops. Yeah. But... (laughs) We're just going to mess it up. It's all good. Uh, Yeah. And, um, so, you know, we, we came in and we're like, okay, this is cool. But we were at the end, like the very bottom. So they gave us a map. So we were allowed to like find our way around, but without a map, good grief. No. Yeah. It's, it's big. But anyways, I think that's maybe why I like Tomb Raider so much is the fact that she does get to go to different cultures and I get to learn about history and even if it's some made-up lore, like the Sun Queen, there's still some sort of history to it. Because sometimes there is, like, that behind-the-scenes, um, like, lore. Like, cultural lore, you know? Um, I mean, that's why I like to read, like, um, the Grimm's fairy tales and Hans Christian Andersen. Because even though it's a fairy tale, there's always, like, that behind-the-scenes cultural legend or lore that I love to learn about. And I think Tomb Raider does that because she is going to these places. So you have to put some of the cultural elements into it. You can't get away from that. Yeah. Um, even if there is like a fantasy story mixed into it. And I love that because that would be my like that would besides being a mom and a wife, I think that would be my job is just to be able to travel and just learn different cultures. I mean, I love that. Dude, I will do that with you. Hey, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> just travel somehow. I guess, I guess I inherited it from my mom because she's a history teacher. Mm. So we always did little field trips here and there to different places. And I don't know. I think it, it, history is kind of an easy thing to love, too, because it's stories. Mm-hmm. And um, but one thing that my mom taught in her class she read this kids book and it was a play on the big bad wolf and the three little pigs Mm. Mm -hmm. and the moral of the story is like history is all like who's telling the story Mm. not necessarily what actually happened so she's like, in, before all of her classes would be like, this is just what we've been told. Mm-hmm. But we're always learning something that kind of refutes some of what we've been told. 
Absolutely. Like, the truth is in the eye of the winner, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mean, I think that's why, like, just to tell us a little bit of our story, uh, you know, Cross and I, when, I mean, I met Cross once, like, when I went on a trip with my school over to Scotland, and we just talked for, like, 20 minutes. I mean, it wasn't anything, but the next time he started actually legitimately talking to me, like, we actually got into conversation, um, was he said, you know, Happy Independence Day. It was 4th of July. I'm in Colorado, and he goes, Happy Independence Day. And I'm sitting there, like, okay, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I didn't know how Scotland, because I know England and America, you know, we broke off from England. And so England doesn't really see us in a nice light because we, you know, said no to them and broke it off and fought with them. But I was like, how does Scotland feel, though? Because I know it's part of the United Kingdom, but I wasn't sure culturally, like, are you just trying to be nice or do you care? Or, you know, I was like, uh. So I was like, um, thank you. And he said, so are you going to shoot off fireworks? I'm like, no, I can't because I live in Colorado. They're illegal because if you, because we are so dry that if you shoot off a firework, it literally will burn. Like it just, we're just plains and mountains. And so we actually cannot light fireworks because it can burn and do a lot of damage. I mean, we get, most of our wildfires in Colorado is from lightning strikes because lightning strikes and then it just burns acres. Yeah. So it's it's bad it's so dry and so i told him no and he goes i thought all americans shot off fireworks and i'm like yeah we can't but it was just kind of cool because it's like a cultural exchange you know but it's like i I don't know how to respond because of that you know because yeah yeah we're independent but are you happy that we're independent are you you know not sure uh just me d ooh the three pigs from the unexpectedly friendly and boldly wolf's perspective yeah yep and then, okay, so we broke up with Britain, but is Scotland holding a friend grudge, or are we good here? Exactly, D. And so that was, like, that perspective. It's like, I don't know. Now, granted, it was all okay. He goes, we don't care. <laughs> he goes, you know, because they've been fighting their own war with England for, like, ever. You know, um, <laughs> Scotland jealous that we actually were able to pull it off. <laughs> yes, they are. Secretly, they're all jealous that we actually got to break off from England. But to be fair, we're not sharing an island with them. We had a whole ocean to separate us, so... True. You know, to be fair, fighting on the same island. Although, you know, the Romans were even, you know, like, brave enough to fight the Scots. They, like, Hadrian's Wall, like, you know, just... They said, we're not going to cross here because there's some crazy people in kilts with their faces blue. You know, we're not going to cross there. They're nuts. Which, to be fair, Scottish people are nuts... I love Cross with all my heart, but they're all crazy. But it's okay. You know, I love them. But <laughs> we embrace the crazy. We embrace the crazy. That's it. Yeah. Comics and the Cross, we just embrace the crazy. Might as well. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I think. You know, I think I think that's a really good point too. It's just that that perspective. You know, can make all the difference too. Yeah. So what else did? you take away from the novel reading it the second time oh yeah I know cross that's why I say it cross because I know you can hear us <laughs> we're not hiding anything we're not hiding I mean yeah you know I know you can hear me 
uh, the crazy isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it's code for confident fun. That's true. Exactly, Nitro. Cross crazy. No. no. Never. Okay, y'all. I can't wait to do Sea of Thieves. Because we might be able to make it through a game without someone blowing up the ship. I'm looking at both of you. You guys keep blowing up your ship. And throw in, what, like barrels of black powder at each other? Yeah, Mrs. Nitro. Have you ever watched one of their Sea of Thieves streams? No. They just, they toss I'm fire at each other and blow each other up. I, I, it's, my <laughs> husband, Nitro, he's a pyromaniac <laughs> in real life, so I just can only imagine in his vicarious <laughs> gaming life. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's much, much worse. Because there's less consequences. <laughs> Three, two, one. Yeah, I cannot wait, because we'll probably get through one whole... See if these stream without blowing up the ship. I think we will. But I'm excited for that though. Yes. Um but yeah, so I think from the comic, I think I also just pulled back again just how much I love the character and how much I want to get back into the comics and I want to replay the games. Oh, what are they saying now? Hey, we're not bashing Nitro. Just cross. <laughs> I'm 100% pyro. <laughs> no compliment. <laughs> gunpowder kegs. That's what they are. That's what they're called. Yes, gunpowder kegs. They just toss them at each other. <laughs> Let's see. Just be D. On a wooden boat surrounded by water still finds way to set everything on fire. That's it, D. That is exactly it. <laughs> Nitro, it's our wives. What do you expect? <laughs> oh, mountain nerds. Yes, I mean, come on. We have to bash them a little bit because we love them. It's the Scottish it's humor. Like okay, so Mrs. Nitro, this is why I get whenever Cross is, you know, bashing me. He goes, it's the Scottish humor. The more I pick on you, the more I love you. Yes. You all, that's what I live with day in and day out. And what's the scary thing is our youngest has his sense of humor. Y'all, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I am in so much trouble. Because he'll even, like, come up to me and start, like, like hitting me. And I was like, no, Cal, that hurts. Stop. And then he'll get this grin and start maniacally laughing and try to hit me again. And I'm like, I'm doomed. I am absolutely doomed. You have your father's sense of humor. I'm already trying to, you know, contain cross on a daily biz basis and now I have a mini cross actually that's that's his good name, mini cross that is a really perfect name for him yes he's a mini cross he's his mini me yes same look same smile same humor y'all I'm in trouble <sighs> I'm in trouble you're the one yes so chose it. I I did I did I mean, I definitely would choose it again, but good grief. There should have been like a subscript in the marriage license. Like, <laughs> are you Please sure? Disclaimers on Scottish men. Yes. Okay, I know everyone loves Scotland and they love Scottish men because the accent. I fell for it too. But they're a lot to handle. They're. Oh, gosh. And you guys know Cross, so I don't even have to say anything. You know him. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> 
think men are a lot to handle in general. That's true. Not to throw men under the bus or anything. That's okay. It's women hour, right? <laughs> Precisely. It's it's girl power right now. We 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 have control over the stream right now, so we can literally say anything we want. Ooh, I could get in real trouble. This is cool. We just need to take over, like just sometimes, just take over the stream yes. from them. Be like, we got this. We can handle it. <laughs> oh man. But so, seeing reading this comic, so you said that you wanted to play the games like has it wanted you to invest more what? and to find more or uh, not particularly but that's just me <laughs> they have unlimited power yes it is true, Mountain Nerds. We have unlimited power. Ha ha ha. Yes. I still can't wait to see the boys play um, Phasmo for the first time. It's going to be awesome. It's crazy. Mrs. Nitro, you haven't played Phasmo yet, either, have you? I haven't played anything cool. All I play is Borderlands. <laughs> That's my jam. We need to get you back on and play some group games. Absolutely. I just like shooting things. That's all I really like to do. I'm not really... I can't do puzzle games like Bioshock. I'm like, oh, if I have to use my brain, this isn't going to go anywhere. Well, actually, the first Bioshock, it's a lot of shooting, I do have to say. It's a lot of shooting. But maybe I could get through that one. Yeah. And the third one, I felt like I was just going to kill the whole town anyways, because everyone was after me. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Bordermans. Bordermans. <laughs> it's all on you, Mountain Nerds. Yeah, okay. Mountain Nerds, I know. I'm going to miss you too. That's the only thing is we have to do a Phasmo night again soon. But you can do it. You can do it, Mountain Nerds. Yes. Yes. Do the scariest one. All that. It's going to be awesome. Oh. Someone's knocking on my door, yelling, Mommy! Oh, oh I still have, like, not even an hour, even though we're pretty much done with the review. We'll just keep going. We'll keep talking. <laughs> Tomb Raider, yay! Yay! Just keep talking, Tomb Raider. Like, just every five seconds, Tomb Raider. But has anybody out in the community, what do you guys think of Tomb Raider? Has anyone played, like, the earlier games? And what do you like most about Tomb Raider? Because we'll, we'll get the questions out there, too. You know, because um, I'm a huge Tomb Raider fan. I've been playing it ever since I was young. I don't know how many people out there still play it. Like, I don't know. Because when you're a huge fan of it, you just don't care. You just buy and you play and you, you know, you don't care because you like it, right? I wonder. Yeah, I, th I think you are my only friend who plays Tomb Raider. <laughs> I think that's special. I, I feel special. You are special, honey. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, I mean, I even remember when the reboot game came out. I was super excited. And I think we... Let's see, it's 20, 
through. Don't steal our time, Cross. Get out of here. Wait, no, we still have 30 minutes. No, 40 minutes. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get through it. We'll get through it, Cross. We'll just go on a few more rabbit trails. <laughs> I promise, Cross, if it completely stalls, we'll let you do the giveaways. Uh, let's see, D. I only played a bit of one of the earlier games. Yeah. Um, D, was it like PlayStation 1? Was it one of those games? Uh, let's see. The most I've played Tomb Raider was the skin of Fortnite. Okay. Let's see. Nitro, I played the old school ones. Love the detective-esque feel to them. Haven't played any of the newer ones. Yeah. Well, that was it. The... The original games was crazy because you had this 3D world, but then you literally had to figure out where to go next because it wasn't quite, like, noticeable or open. You literally had to figure yourself out through these caves and these tombs and stuff, which, once again... I would, I would still be in the cave. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be trying to figure out how to get out. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, I... It was hard. Because you had to try to navigate this brand new world with no, like, knowledge. I think one of the games I absolutely hate, it was Myst. Do you remember that game? Like, hearing no. about that? So, Myst was a computer PC game. And it was supposed to be really cool. There were actually books that came after it. But it li literally just put you in this place and you had to solve puzzles. But there's no story. There's no... I mean... I mean, you figure out the story as you play the game, but you have to solve the puzzles first before you get the story. Mm. And I hated it, because there was no guide, there was nothing. And the puzzle, you don't even know why you're figuring out this puzzle, you just tinker with it until something happens. You know? Let's see. Let's, the, let's it go. was on PC, so I don't know when that was. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to have to look at that, D, and see. Um, I don't think I've played any of the PC Tomb Raider ones. I think it was all the PlayStation ones I did. Is it just PlayStation that Tomb Raider was on? Was it never Xbox? I, Xbox was later. I think it did do Xbox. Okay. Uh, let's see, Nitro. Hey, Jay, have you read any other graphic novels? If so, what's your fave so far? Also, same question for Mrs. Nitro. Good but, question, Nitro. That is very good. Um, I have read um, Captain Marvel. Like, the... Now, Cross, you're going to have to write, because once again, this is where I get lost, is what variations, what world, and what author, because they kind of reboot stories, and then you have, like, these different, like, deviations. This is where I get lost in the comic world. So, I've read Captain Marvel, but it's not the old ones, it's the newer ones? I might need Cross's help on that. I question don't know. Mark? I don't question mark? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm lost. Hold on. Let me see. Hold on one second. Let me let me just Is it in here? I think Cross has them in alphabetical order, which would help. <laughs> oh, I think it is there. Okay, here, hold on. Let me
Yes, Nitro, you are right. It is um, Deconic. Oh. Yep. I didn't know you had that Nitro. You didn't even tell me. Yeah, that, probably superhero-wise, that is my favorite so far. I love Captain Marvel, and especially this line. Now, granted, I haven't read any of the others, so I think... <laughs> Can I really say it's my favorite version? I, I don't know. Um, I've read that one. I've read um, when Cross and I first like were dating, he bought me a, well, he took me to Barnes & Noble. So this is the first time we were together in person um, while dating. He took me to Barnes & Noble and told me um, to pick whatever. And as a bookaholic, that's just brilliant. Um, but I knew he was into comics, so I actually bought um, a reboot of Spider-Man. But I also had some of the classic Spider-Mans in it, like on the back. So it, once again, I, I don't know the variation. <laughs> I just remember it was a Spider-Man, and it kind of went through the origin story again. But um, you know, I knew Spider-Man a lot from my brother when he was young, because he liked Spider-Man. Um, but I, I think that's the only few comics I've read are those ones. I've read the first Walking Dead, and I've read the first Spencer and Locke, and then Locke and Key. I've read the first six. I haven't read the other random ones. Like, they have a small world, and then they have another one. Um, and I mentioned earlier that Locke and Key is definitely my favorite so mm -hmm. far just the opening alone is just so tragically beautiful mm -hmm. and as a writer it just makes my heart happy and I just think Joe Hill is a genius all by himself and um, of course I can't say the same for the show because it's so different um, Though it is really cool being able to see the keys on screen. I love that. Um, but yeah, Lock and Key has definitely been the one that I was obsessive with. Like I had to buy every single issue mm. before I finished the one I was on. Because if I had to have any laps, I would just be very upset. Mm. <laughs> um, I haven't really read any... I don't think I've read any Marvel or DC... Um, which is probably a shame because, you know, they're the most widely known. Um, I've read a few manga, which I don't know if that's considered the same thing. Um, but there's a few that I'm interested in reading. It's, um, one is called Ice Cream Man and the other one is called mm. Saga. And I don't know anything about them. I just know that they kind of take you into a different world. And they seem pretty diabolical, though. So that would be my only, like, reservation towards it. Because, like, we had talked about Walking Dead previously. It's like, once, once it gets to the point where it's just grotesque for the sake of being grotesque, it's not entertaining anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not... Like, the, I think the one thing that I really look forward to in any 
form of media is the story. Yeah. And I think that might be why I'm I love the Marvel movies, but sometimes I struggle with them is because the story just I feel like is it strong enough in my lowly opinion. Mm. <laughs> um which is you know, no one no one needs to know. Oh, right. My opinion. But anyway, um but I, I think that's why I really enjoy graphic novels so much is because the stories are so like there's just some of these stories could only really be told in this medium mm -hmm. and it's such a great way to get anybody reading yeah you know it's because there's so few actual readers out there in the world and if this can get them into it and get them, like, into that world of books, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Well, and coming from our oldest son, he is super visual. And I think that's part of who he is and also his autism, just kind of his brain works. And I'm like, you know, whatever gets him to read, whether that's graphic novels or visuals or picture books, go for it. It's reading. You know, I never understood the, I don't know, just like the social stigmatism, the, like, comics are less than reading books. Like, I don't know if maybe because back in the day only kids read comics, even though when you look at comics, like, even the history of them, they weren't just for kids. And a lot of comics aren't for kids. Like, you mentioned uh, Saga. No, that's a very mature adult comic you know <laughs> but yeah. even look at stories of spider-man and batman and they go through some really hard stuff and then tomb raider what we reviewed today that's mature hard like emotional stuff you know um you know we could talk about the harry potter books and how they get darker as they grow but you look at some of these comics and that's still like the harry potter still child's play compared to the stuff yeah, that throat. yeah exactly you know so i'm all for it i'm like just read you know and i i'm a person that will read anything i'll read newspapers i'll read biographies i'll read docu like documentary stuff you know i'll read fantasy fiction non-fiction mystery i've read it before and then because of cross i then got into you know comics and i'm still kind of getting into that but I think that's what I love about comics as well, is it gives you a different way to read. And that's never a bad thing, you know? Um, and some people love that visual and it actually helps them. You know, I can't remember who I met, but somebody said um, that when they read a book, they can't picture it in their head unless they've seen it before. Right. And so they actually yeah. have to see the movie before they read the book just because they they have no idea what to picture in their head. And me, I'm like, yeah. I'll picture anything and it's fine, you know? And so there are people out there that they need that visual. And so sometimes graphic novels can be that medium for them. Exactly. You know? So yeah, I mean, I, I love comic books because of that. And I, I think that's... I think they're important, and I never want comics to go away either. 
you know, I think being married to Cross, he's also just shown me the love for them. And, you know, and I do need to read more comics. I just haven't really, you know, gotten there yet. Because I, I have my book list, like, this high. And I, right me now, too. I'm going through Gone with the Wind, which is, like, if y'all don't know, it's, like, that thick. So, it's, like, 900 pages. It's insane. Got it. Let me see if I can find the one that is in my wish list. And let me go back. And then D... Um, I did see your comment about Mist, and yeah, it, I I think I felt the same way. It just lacked that natural, just incentive, just to do it and figure it out. I was like, I don't really care why, because there's no, why do I even want to solve these puzzles? I don't even know why. But one of my friends loved it, because she just loved tinkering and just exploring, and I'm like, I I need some sort of incentive. So that's actually what got me into the Nancy Drew games, by the way. D is, because I needed kind of a little bit more of a push and incentive to solve these puzzles and mysteries. Um, and then, let's see. Uh, the, okay, adds the Marvel character or Shazam before the name change. Yes. Yep, those are good ones too. Hey, Chunk the Hut! I just saw you! Hello! How are you doing? It's so great to see you, Chunk. What have you been up to today? And yes, um, I'm actually excited about Mrs. Marvel. Um, and our daughter is actually right now obsessed with Mrs. Marvel. She, cause they have the Ooh. Spidey and Friends on Disney Plus. Um, oh yes. And so, which once again, I love that show cause it actually brings in not the popular characters. Like you, like, you already have Spider-Man, but you also have Spin, who is one of the different universes Spider-Mans. And then you have Gwen, who was mine, but you, they call her Ghost Spider. But Gwen is my favorite Spider character. Okay. Yep. <laughs> how do you even... How do you guys even stay up with all this, you know? Um, we need family trees i know right you need the visual <laughs> and like alternate universes and where they yes. come in and stuff um but yeah i love gwen stacy i mean her whole that's another oh that's another comic i've read and actually that uh, i don't know i think i i don't know i think it's tied for captain marvel because i love the gwen stacy run too i love the gwen spider or is it spider gwen i think spider gwen was her name I love that those comics too. So you seem to really like uh, female li like character novels, graphic novels. Mm -hmm. um, there's one that I really want to read that's brand new. Um, it's called Heavy Kill. It's by Jared Throne, mm -hmm. and the character her name is Maya, Myra, not Maya, Myra. And I think that might be one that maybe we could read together. Ooh. And. Yeah. I mean, it's brand new. I, I found. Um, I found it through a podcast. And. Cool. I don't, oh, Spider Gwen. Ghost Spider. Yeah. Spider Gwen. That's it. Called her so, Gwen Spider. <laughs> it's called Heavy Kill. We, Heavy Kill. We should tr totally read it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have so many on my list. It's not even funny. I know. Because, um, I mean, Cross is trying to even get me to, you know, finish the series. Because I started Spider-Gwen. Um, and I read all the one like, 
Because I think it was just like the first novel. I can't remember what happened. Yeah, I just need to catch up. And I need to finish this Captain Marvel series. And <laughs> I need to catch up. I need to. Let me just do it. You just need to not have children for a week. I know. <laughs> I know. One, stop buying books, which is really hard for me. I'm addicted to buying books. And then Cross just bought me, um, speaking of Doctor Who, because, um, you know, Nitro and Cross are going to talk about Doctor Who later, but Cross got me a River Song book, which I won't get into it because I know Nitro needs to catch up, but it's part of the whole Doctor Who lore. And so I just got that one, and then I have other books I still need to read, and, man. And then comics I need to read. I just need to read. I need to go away for not just a week. I need to go away for like a month. And just hide myself in a hole and just read. So you're reading um, Gone with the Wind. Is that the only book that you're currently reading right now? That and my um, book that I travel with. Because I take a, if I can't take the book that I'm currently reading with me to like doctor's appointments or waiting in the school line or whatever... I have to do another book and Gone with the Wind, you know, I just, yeah, no. I, I can't take that massive thing with me. No. So I'm reading an Agatha Christie as well called The Pale oh. Horse. It's one of her just individual one-off ones. It's not part yeah. of like the Poirot or the uh, Miss Marple. It's called The Pale Horse and it's really good so far. I mean, anything Agatha Christie, I'll read. Um, she was just brilliant mind. I've been reading And Then There Were None. I don't know if you've ever read that book from her. Which one? It's And Then There Were None. Oh, yes. Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's one of her I, standalone books, too. Mm -hmm. I am, like, I'm struggling because there's so many characters. So I'm trying to read it slowly So because if I read it too fast, I'm going to forget the, like, 20 million characters that she's setting up for you. Mm -hmm. But the... Oh man, that's such a good book. Um, yeah. I'm. I only have the last Harry Potter book to read. That's the only one I haven't read yet. And. But right now I'm reading The Things They Carry hmm. about the Vietnam War. Oh, yeah. You, it's not really history, but it's more like a. It's more like a perspective of a period in history. So you, you get a little bit of, like, people and places, but it's not, it's not marketed as a non-fiction, it's marketed as fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, but that one, it's hard to get through just because it is about, uh, war and, and real things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's it's so beautifully written I'm like yeah. I can't believe how beautifully written this is I love books like that and yeah. Gone with the Wind I feel the same way like even though it's like you know massive and thick and crazy um it's beautifully written and learning more about the culture of the south because coming from Colorado we did I mean we had some southern graces I guess but not like the South, like me being in Virginia now, that we are the South, and there's certain social graces that you have to learn and different cultural things. And so, reading Gone with the Wind and knowing the history and where Virginia 
and like Atlanta and Georgia and stuff like where they came from it made me have a whole new appreciation for the South um, and it was just beautifully written um, let's see Just Me D have you seen the recent Poirot films and what did yes. you think of them oh yes I love have you seen those movies Murder on the Orient Express uh-huh. that one was amazing like and the it, Death on the Nile oh did you like it? I liked it, but only because I've read the book. And it was the only one I predicted, and I was right. I was like, <laughs> "This is so obvious; it's not even funny." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it 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 didn't do it the way that the Murder on the Orient Express did it for me. Mm-hmm. What I think it was really hard with Murder on the Nile is because it's been done multiple times. Same with Murder on the Orient Express; it's been done a few times. So to try to get a new twist or a new ending is rough. And say, like, Murder on the Orient Express has been done a little bit, but Murder on the Nile, that's like a classic Poirot. It's been, like, done with series, like, within the Poirot series multiple times. There's been multiple movies about it. I think, I think that one was harder to give a creative ending. So, I I predicted the ending as well, but what I loved about it is getting more, like, Poirot. Like, him as a character, because he does look differently from the books. There's a backstory that's different than from the books. Um, So, I love how that's brand new, because as a fan who've read a lot of the books and who've seen most of the older shows... To get still a little bit different, and even though I predicted the ending, it was still a different ending from the books. It still allows me to be part of the journey, even though, you know, I kind of know what's going to happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way, D. I haven't seen any of the other movies or read any of the other books, so I was just jumping in totally virgin yep (laughs) but I I love that movie I I mean I I watch it more than once and usually with mysteries it's like oh I know the ending I don't need to watch it again but no like that one Mm -hmm. that one was entertaining the whole way through yeah I think Murder on the Express they did make it more like entertaining as a I mean Plus the actors were oh phenomenal. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think that was the difference too. Like there were phenomenal actors in Murder on the Nile, but Murder of Orient Express that was just it was a beautiful accumulation of great actors. So like yeah. you said, it's more than just the mystery; it's entertaining. And I think in the second movie they tried to make it more about the mystery, but it was too predictable. You know, so I think that's what makes probably Murder on the Orient Express one that you could watch again and again was that but I did like I don't know I I I think I also like it because I want them to continue these new Poirot movies you know I want them to continue I want them to keep going and not every movie is going to be great but I don't want them to stop because this one was a little bit harder to do and what I would love for them to do is now start branching out away from the stories that people don't know that aren't popular. You know, because I've done the two big ones that most people know. 
let's get away and let's start doing more the ones that people don't necessarily know. Yeah, I didn't even know who Agatha Christie was until I was an adult. Like, I don't know how popular she is. I mean, I know she's, like, one of the biggest authors probably ever, but mm -hmm. I just hadn't heard of her. Like, she wasn't someone that, you know, my friend down the road's reading. Yeah. <laughs> but I forgot where I, I learned... Maybe it was from Literary Disco. That's probably... Well, that's how I find all That's probably where books. you find them all. Yeah. I love that podcast. Mm-hmm. Let, let's see. It's a mystery. Let's see. Just me, D. It's a mystery, but it's not just about the mystery. There's a swarm of personal stories there, too. Yes. Oh, and D, I know her from the context of those books my parents love. <laughs> so... My grandma, she loved Agatha Christie, so she has, like, all the books. And so these are the books that, like, maybe second or third edition books. Um, I think a few of them are first edition. Uh, but she loved, like, Agatha Christie books. And so those books then got passed on to my mom, and then my mom just recently passed them down to me. Um, and I got into Agatha Christie when I was a teenager, I think, cause my mom introduced them to me. Um, and yeah, so I kind of grew up on Agatha Christie. All so. right, Jay. Yeah. We got about 15 minutes left. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about before we have to sign off that you feel is important we talk about? Oh, geez. Just a little bit of pressure. <laughs> I know, right? I don't so know. We first. talked about so many things. I know. Okay. So, your final consensus then on the Tomb Raider, just reading this standalone comic didn't really want you to get into the games or continue reading the books, right? Okay. So, but I feel like we have s such different tastes mm -hmm. in things, like, and I think that's why we, we're such great friends sometimes, Yes, yeah. we, we introduce each other to, like, things that we wouldn't normally go after right and I like that absolutely me too and I think that's where once again diversity is beautiful because yeah. I think you and I were mature enough to understand that differences are okay but then if we're willing but yeah. not only that but we're also willing to accept differences and try new things like I want to try that um, new comic that you suggested let's do it let's read it you know, because yeah. once again, even if I don't like it, or it might come a case where I do like it, and I'm like, we thank you. We both might hate it. Exactly. <laughs> or we might both hate it. Exactly. Yeah. Then that's okay. Exactly. I know there have been times when both Cross and Nitro, you know, they have different viewpoints on a movie, and that actually makes yeah. it better. Because if yeah, you just... I feel like they're the same way as we are. Like, we are. Cross <laughs> loves stuff that Nitro is like, I think this is nostalgic, and that might be why. <laughs> He likes it. Just like gentle we looking today. Because I was like, yeah, like when I was a kid, Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin, that was my life. Mm -hmm. But if I watch it now, I'm like, why, why did I like this? What like, is this? So boring. <laughs> like, I can't get through the first episode. But yes. some things are just nostalgic and that you loved as a kid. And then as an adult, you just you've just matured past that point 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And you balance out Cross and Nitro being totally immature. <laughs> yeah, we won't. We're not going to be throwing. Oh, is that right? <laughs> we. That's it's funny. We uh. Yeah, we're we're not gonna throw um, kegs, gunpowder kegs at each other. We're gonna be smart pirates, right? Yes, smart Mrs. Nitro. Be, smart might be a bit of a, a, a. I don't know the word I'm trying to think of. <laughs> you might be setting your hopes a little standards high, standards for, a little high. Yeah, for me, I'm just gonna try to not die. Chunk, I think you're gonna go to the brig if you're not careful again. <laughs> I'll I'll be with you. It's okay. We'll be thrown off together. <laughs> what well, did you food. did you hear they uh, brigged Chunk the last time? I mean, to be fair, he blew up their ship, and so they put him in the brig. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Chunk. <laughs> I tell you, Chunk, if you're not careful, you're just gonna go right back into the brig. Uh, D. Oh, that's so true. I miss a lot of TV shows from my childhood because my house and the library, instead of a TV and trying to catch up as an adult, I no longer feel like I missed out on much after all. No, it's true. Like, 90s TV was both amazing and awful all at the same time. Yeah. Like, uh, Rocco's Modern Life? Oh my gosh. Like, some of the cartoons I watch, I'm like, how did we even get away watching this stuff? Yeah. Like, I kind of wish we had shows like Bluey and Daniel Tiger. I'm like, I think our 90s kids, like, we would be more emotionally sound. I don't know. I'm watching these shows, and I'm like, if only I knew this. I mean, yeah, we had Rocky. What was another one? Um, Chicken and Cow. And what was that? What, Cat Dog? Yeah, Cat Dog. Oh, yes, Cat Dog. Oh, my gosh. And ah, uh, real monsters. Yeah. yeah, all the good ones. Those are amazing. Just have no stability in them whatsoever. Chunk prediction: Mrs. Nitro likes gunpowder barrels just as much as Nitro. I could see that happening. All right, Mrs. Nitro. I'm just gonna warn you: you will go into the brig if you blow up our oh, ship. No. All right. Not I wanna. Cool. I wanna make this it. This is my first time. I get to do what I want. God. I wanted to know what to do. We can't blow up our ship, though. We have Ed, to. Ed, Eddie, yes. Oh, Ed. Okay, what? Well, it was such a good show. What was up with their tongues, though? <laughs> Those tongues had superpowers. Like. And the jawbreakers, man, would make the, the whole cheek oh, yeah. like. That is a massive jawbreaker. Man, it's been a hot minute since I've seen Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> Oh, Pokemon. I love Pokemon as a franchise, not just the anime. I don't know, like, my... Now, my son is getting into the later anime Pokemon, so I'm kind of enjoying those, but I've never seen the early classic Pokemon, though. That's the one I've seen. Mm. And I enjoyed it as an elementary schooler. <laughs> just me, D. How are you going to put her in the brig if the brig is blown up, though? When we That's get the like new D. ship, I'll put I'm her in the brig. You more and more, D. <laughs> D is awesome, man. She's cool. She, yeah, she's definitely helped this conversation not 
be sad. <laughs> Dee always rescues me too during my streams, so that's why we, she's got to be on we later. We rely on each other. We do. We all rely on each other. We all rescue each other. Yeah, Bob. Yes, Ed, Ed, and Eddie was amazing. It was just. I don't know. The cartoons I loved. Like, I also love Scooby-Doo, but, like, the Cartoon oh, Network yeah. cartoons, like Dexter's Laboratory, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, those were, like, my classic cartoons. Like, I watched those all the time. I remember when SpongeBob came out. Um, I'm trying to think. Rugrats? Yeah. Who was watching those kids, by the way? How did they get into all those shenanigans? No one. No one. No one watched those poor souls. The parents were smarter back then. They didn't actually watch their kids. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? I know, right? Hey, I know. We're doing this parenting thing all wrong. We should just let them go have adventures. It's yes. all right, right? You know, everything will be fine. They're on the road, unsupervised, or get lost in a forest with a newborn baby. That's Driving fine. Driving Barbie cars. Yeah, that's fine chunk oh yeah when i try to enjoy any shows from my childhood i'm like really this is what you like back then exactly and then i'm scared to show like i think that's the hard thing about 90s cartoons is you're like do i really want to show my kids these i would probably show them rugrats rugrats, rugrats. Yeah. yeah rugrats maybe ed ed and eddie maybe not mm. ren and stimpy yeah no no chicken and cow let's not do that yeah that's like <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, oh my gosh. Yes, Courage. That was, that was like after my time. I didn't, I don't think I watched that one. No, Courage was creepy. It would come on at night for a reason on Cartoon Network. It was smart. But Courage the Cowardly Dog used to freak me out. It would legitimately scare me. Um, and then adds, when you grow up and realize that Johnny Bravo is not a role model. Yeah, Johnny Bravo, man, he was just a creeper. Oh, yeah. But that was why he was so awesome. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Oh, we have a first time chat. Hey, uh, Kisper, can you pray for me? My wrist pain doesn't let me sleep. Oh, absolutely. We'll definitely pray for you. Um, yeah, wrist pain is no fun. Any sort of pain. Uh, yeah, that's usually not fun. No. Whether it's acute or chronic, pain is a yeah. absolute beast. So I absolutely will pray for you. For that wrist. But yeah, no courage. The cowardly dog, man. That that used to creep me out. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy. I'm still surprised any parents let any kid watch that. Or even like the producers thought that was a cartoon for kids. No. Well, it blew my mind when I realized that cartoons aren't just for kids and that you can actually have an adult cartoon like that. When I first learned about that, it was probably because of South Park. Like, mm. that just made my life complete. Having adult cartoons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and The Simpsons. Like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it just went on from there to... Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Mm-hmm. And then what was the one? Futurama? Oh, Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. Family Guy now. 
I think The Simpsons was like the first introduction to adult cartoons. Yeah. You know, and that. Then, yeah, and then it just went into anime. And anime is some of the best. Mm-hmm. Like, in all time. Yep. I mean, I've only read a little bit of anime. I. Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah. I, that is a whole nother. That's hour. a whole. I know. I was gonna say oh, that's Lord. a whole nother discussion. Now I have read yeah. some anime. I've read um, like Emma, which was like a Victorian, like anime. So it was actually a Japanese author writing because she's obsessed with Victorian England. So she actually write a story about Victorian England, but she's Japanese. It was so cool because yeah. it's like. You get some of that same culture, but she's trying to bring up, like, the old history culture, too. It was so cool. And then I read Ray Earth. I read that one. And then... I love any Hayao Miyazaki film, though. I'll oh, watch yeah. any of those. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of My Neighbor Totoro, and I know that's probably a super unpopular opinion. But... Or, or Ponyo... That one I was like, meh. Yeah, Ponyo was okay. Um, My Neighbor Totoro, I like... So, My Neighbor Totoro was old enough where it had a Japanese to English version before Disney got a hold of it. And that translation, I felt like, was better than when Disney got a hold of it and they did Dakota Fanning and um, her little sister. They were the Ellie voices Finn. of the girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were the voices of the girls. Um, I think that translation didn't make it as good. Because I remember watching the first English translation, and I felt like I liked that, My Neighbor Totoro, better than the second version. <laughs> unpopular opinions. Yes, I have a lot of unpopular opinions. Yes, yes. Um, oh, Futurama's coming back? Sorry, I just saw that chunk. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to. It's what we do, Cross. It's what we do. It is what we do. <laughs> you see, we just get the same kind of thing going with us, you yeah. know. Um, Ponyo, my neighbor Totoro didn't hold me though. Yeah, and once again, I think it's that Ponyo. I think I kind of liked it because it was trying to bring up the Little Mermaid kind of old mm-hmm. story to it, so I kind of like that. Uh, but I love Howl's Moving Castle. Oh yeah. I read the book. I did too. It's so good. Oh, yeah. the book is amazing. And then I think they did a pretty it's good a job. Story. It is. Yeah. And I think they did a pretty good job just kind of translating that from the book to the movie in the way that they could. Um, I also love, um, I know this is an unpopular one, but I love Castle in the Sky with Lapita. I thought that was just beautiful. I mean, it yeah. is definitely a way mellow story, so it's a little, it's definitely slower. But I love just the world that they created with Lapita. Well, you can't all be spirited away, you know. That was yeah. just a piece. Oh gosh, the music was beautiful. Oh my gosh, I could just listen to the music of Spirited Away. Talk about female-led characters. That that was just beautiful. Yep. And I love it because the English, of course, was the girl who uh, voiced Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. She was in it. Also, fun fact, 
the girl who did Lilo, she was actually the girl actor for The Ring. She has, like, no voice. Really? But she was the, the girl oh. for The Ring. Yeah, I just oh, found that out. Cute. I'm like, oh, cute, Lilo and the girl from Spirited Away, really? And then <laughs> you have her as The Ring. Aw. I know. Well, Jay, we have to do this again. We do. Soon. This was so fun. I don't want it to end. I know. Well, Cross isn't here yet. Yeah, we'll just stop once he comes in. Yeah. But, let's see, Chunk, I hear these movies talked about a lot and I've never seen them. You have never seen them? Okay, Chunk. Alright, we They're might have... HBO. Or, uh, are they on Disney Plus? They're on Disney Plus as well, I think. Okay. They're 100% worth it. Spirited Away, I recommend first. I don't know if you would say the same thing. What? What was that? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spirited Away was another one I enjoyed the first time. It was okay, but it's not enough to rewatch. Oh, really? There's a lot of Japanese, like, lore in there that if you don't know what some of it means, it's hard to fully understand. Like, being That's Spirited true. Away mm -hmm. in the first place is part of Japanese lore, so... Well, even, like, the bathhouse and the different spirits that come and they have different... Yeah. That's true. It does have a lot of cultural significance to it, but if you don't know the culture too well, yeah. especially, it's like... You have to Google. Yeah, especially the bathhouse and the master and, like, go... That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. And why they got turned into pigs. And, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, y'all. All right. Next. We're signing off. So, stay here, though. Cross and Nitro are coming on for some giveaways. Woo! Yes. 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 So, let's do it. Alright. Love you all. We'll be back to be pirates soon. Me and Mrs. Nitro will be back. Cross is literally kicking me out of my chair. Yeah. But, so your we have chair. to stop talking. Iconic plan. Kicking you out of your chair. Yes. <laughs> no, I know. This chair is way too big for me. This is Cross's chair. I can't even, like, I, I feel so tiny in it. Alright, y'all. But we'll see you soon, alright? Oh. 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 Oh.